0: So if you and or your team are still taking phone calls and receiving vendor supporting documentation via email, you need to authenticate that you are talking or communicating with your vendor. Please visit DeborahRRichardson.com slash authentication where you will find a workshop on how to build an authentication reference. This is the answer to the question, are you communicating with your vendor or with a fraudster? Learn more today at Deborah R. Richardson slash authentication. Want to know how accounts payable can use risk management programs to help keep vendor records clean in the vendor master file? Keep listening. Welcome to episode 99, Using Vendor Risk Management Tools to Keep Vendor Data Clean. In my blog post, it's Time to Clean Your Vendor Master File, and in my free on-demand webinar, 8 Steps to Clean Your Vendor Master File, both of which I'll link up in the show notes, I talk about how to review your vendor records to make sure data is valid and to reduce fraud. And I also talk about the uh, intervals in which they should be done. But two of those steps can be made, actually three, can be made more efficient with notifications from risk questionnaires or continuous monitoring platforms normally thought about only as part of a supply chain risk management program. So let's talk about that. Supply chain risk management. Now, according to the FBI, supply chain risk management or SCRM is the process of identifying, assessing, and neutralizing risk associated with the global and distributed nature of product and service supply chains. And in recent years, Data breaches and other security events caused by suppliers or vendors have resulted in the buyers or the clients implementing these risk management strategies such as risk assessments, or con- and or continuous monitoring just to stay in front of potential risk and reminder about the target data breach and i don't know how many years ago that was but i remember that i was traveling at the time and i was at a gas station at the airport trying to fill up my rental car so that i didn't take it back not on full. And I remember my card being declined and that was because I had used that card at Target. So when it's, I don't know, before dawn in the morning and you're trying to get your rental car filled up so you can turn it in and get to your gate on time, that wasn't the best time for that card to go out. So that data breach for Target actually really affected me um, personally while I was traveling during that time. So it's not a good memory. But again, this uh, spurred a lot of clients or buyers to implement um, some risk management strategies. And so this could involve the buyer creating like a risk questionnaire or utilizing one of the many third-party providers that provide supplier risk management services, such as regulatory compliance, financial stability, and security um, monitoring for um, uh, for the suppliers or the vendors. Now, if you're interested in learning more about risk management services, please email me for a referral. Now, when I was a practitioner, I was involved in a risk management project. However, the program implemented and was run from a different group outside of accounts payable. Now, for you, this could be procurement, sourcing, compliance, or a risk management. Management team. For me, it was a risk management team. Now, even though I was responsible for 2,000 vendor ads and changes per month, my involvement was really minimized because the focus of the team was on the risk threat um, that was initiated by the supplier or the supplier activity, not based on processing data for accounts payable trade payments. However, if I were to go back and start again with that project, you know, where you may be today... I would partner with that project team to make sure that Accounts Payable could take advantage of what turned out to be continuous monitoring of the vendor's information and their watch list status. But for you, even if they don't have continuous monitoring, maybe they're doing a questionnaire or monitoring at other intervals, you can still take advantage of that information and or alerts. And let's talk about how you can do that. So vendor information and watch lists. Unless there's an issue with a payment not received, you and I both know that many vendors will not be proactive to let you know that they had a name change, uh, they had a merger or acquisition that could have changed their uh, tax ID number, or that they moved. And even when they do notify you, that information does not always make it to AP because they can notify the uh, internal employee that they have a relationship with. and. That, again, does not always make it to AP before it causes issues, if it does make it to AP. But this is why it's critical to perform that Vendor Master File cleanup regularly. And when I say regularly, I mean monthly ideal, um, but quarterly is good, semi-annually maybe, um, at the very least, annually now if you have a risk management program or a vendor portal that provides continuous monitoring or some type of monitoring on a regular interval here are three areas that you may be able to request notifications or alerts um, or reports uh, the forwarding of questionnaires when changes are identified, um, that will make the vendor master file cleanup process much easier. So the first one is legal name or tax ID. Now an alert or a submitted response to a questionnaire that the legal name has changed or tax ID has changed, will trigger a recheck of the legal name and the tax id combination with the irs 10 match program extra points if the software has an api that can perform the validation and provide you with the results to update your accounting system or erp But again, that alert will let you know that there is an issue with the legal name or tax ID, or it could be so that you take care of that well ahead of the vendor master file cleanup. The second one is the address. So a changed address can result in, you know, returned check payments, which now must be voided and reissued. Or worse, a changed address can result in returned tax forms. No one ever wants those back, which someone now must handle logging the 1099 or 1042 and maybe even scanning it and attaching it to the vendor record in your accounting system or erp Um, we used to do that at one position i had so it's a lot of hand touching or additional touches um, that must go on when that 1099 or 1042 comes back not to mention the fact that um, the vendor may potentially call because now they're looking for it. So it's much better if you can get an alert or a forwarded submitted response to a questionnaire of a changed address or a changed status of an address, such as the address is now vacant or inactive. And that can enable the team to be proactive in reaching out to the vendor to confirm the address change or the address status and just request updated documentation. Um, This can be done at any time, not just at the time of the Vendor Master File Cleanup. Because I will say, having done quite a few Vendor Master File Cleanups, by the time you get to the point where you're checking, and I use Smarty Streets to check the address status, um, not just to standardize the address to the um, uh, USPS uh, standardization, but also to check the status. When you get to that point and you identify how how many uh, vendors have a status of match, which which means that they found the address. However, the status is inactive or the status is vacant. Now you have a whole list of vendors that you have to hope that you have their email address or their telephone number, or you're going to have to search for that too. You've got a whole list of vendors that you now must reach out to, to validate and get updated documentation for their, uh, for their changed address or their change address status. And so being able to be alerted to changes, not just at the time you're doing a vendor master file cleanup allows you to not have that long list of vendors that you now need to reach out to. Okay. The third and last one is watch lists. So there are many prohibited lists. Um, OFAC, you know about that. SAM, which is the system of award management, if you are a government entity, or maybe the exclusion list for OIG, which is the office of inspector general, if you are a healthcare Um, facility or healthcare entities. So there are watch lists, sanction lists, exclusion lists that depending on the type of organization you are that you have to make sure that you are not paying these vendors that appear on this list. Now you should already be doing these checks when you onboard a vendor to make sure that you're not onboarding the vendor that's on one of these lists. But additional checks should be done to avoid making payments to vendors that appear on these lists after onboarding. And during the Vendor Master File cleanup process, one of the steps is to check each active vendor against the applicable list. And it's one of the reasons that monthly recurring schedule is recommended for the Vendor Master File cleanup versus only an annual schedule, because then you'll have to wait a whole year to find out if an existing vendor has subsequently appeared on these lists but with alerts from your risk management tool immediate action can be taken to verify the appearance on the list is really your vendor and then to place payments on hold until further instruction from leadership or another applicable group at your company can be given so those are three areas from the vendor master file the vendor record that can benefit from a very close partnership or collaboration with um, the team in your organization that handles risk management so go across the aisle if it's not in accounts payable go across the aisle Make sure you introduce yourself and see what you can use to help you and your team keep the vendor master file clean, um, clean up your processes, clean up your vendor data so that you do pay the right vendor. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 99th episode of the putting the AP in happy podcast where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.